So three, two, one, clap. I like the word yeah. mark because then you're not like you don't know how quickly someone's gonna clap. But if you're speaking, words are, have a certain cadence to them, so you can expect where the mark will come in. I don't know. I mean, if you want to clap, I'll clap. I mean, I'm all down. But all right, let's try mark this time. I've right, never cool. ever heard this much semantic bullshit about a goddamn clap. <laughs> I love you, Mitchell Dyer, so much. This is Annie Gamers Podcast number 27, recorded on Monday, March 1st, 2010, from the Tower of Baradur in High Definition. What? (laughs) (laughs) It was all Knuckles' idea, I swear. Oh, I said, I said, that gets more confusing literally every time. (laughs) I said, that's doing high definition because of the eye, right? I have Sauron. But he he took it differently. No, no, it's fine. That's fine. I get it. I just, okay. No, we're good. Carry on. Podcast. (laughs) All right. Go. (laughs) Well. With that, I'm I'm your host Evan Minto, also known as Vampvo, and uh, who do I have with me today? Mitchy. <laughs> You're the regular host. Oh, you got to go oh, first. Oh, I guess fine. Yeah, that's, that's me. I'm the regular. I guess fine. Hi, I'm Mitch Dyer. <laughs> I'm podcasting. And I'm Knuckles Dawson. I game or something. Nice. Yeah, it it, uh, it pretty much sums up who I am. I game or something because I'm not gaming. I'm doing something else. <laughs> Okay, so um, we're just doing another one of our little chats, the uh, What You've Been Doing chats for this episode. Um, Got a thing to announce here. Uh, This is the first day of Osamu Tezuka month on Annie Gamers, and uh, that means we are running a month-long celebration of the life and work of the manga artist and animator Osamu Tezuka. Uh, You might know him for a couple really obscure series like Astro Boy and Blackjack Jungle Emperor Leo, also known as Kimba the White Lion, and Phoenix. Uh, and he pretty much laid the groundwork for most of anime and manga, you know, what we call anime and manga today. And we're we're pretty huge fans of him here at Animegamers. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard us talk about how awesome his manga are. So uh, we're going to be posting reviews and feature articles and things about him for the entire month of March, and I will try to get a couple podcast episodes about him in some way, whether they're interviews with people or reviews of some of his work. I have a question. Uh, Knuckles Dawson, you do not read the mangas or watch the animes, correct? I I tried watching the the complete series of uh, Astro Boy is available on Netflix. And I tried watching mm-hmm. the first episode, and I thought it was okay. But at the same time, watching it, I thought it was entirely ridiculous as well. And I could the point out... The original Astro Boy? Huh? Black and white? Uh, it wasn't black and white. It was the color. That's the 1980 remake of it, which yeah. is actually quite good as far as Astro Boy goes. It was quite good or not quite as good? Quite. It, it's Well, Astro Boy is always a little bit silly because uh, all the anime versions of it, because the manga... The manga has some social commentary, and most of the anime kind of get it gets rid of lost that. in translation. Uh, it's more like when they when it get got turned to TV, the producers didn't want to have an anime that had like allusions to racism and things like that, and they didn't want stuff to like teach kids these kind of darker morals. So 
they were like uh astro boy beats up a bad robot that's the moral of this episode right okay okay but the 80s one is is i've heard it's the only one that i've seen but uh i've heard it's the best of the three astro boy anime actually okay i just sort of felt it was ridiculous because you know you have this father who is for who ignores his son for uh going to a baseball game he, his son <laughs> drives a car, gets in a car accident, and dies. Wait, I knew the car then, accident part. I didn't know the kid drove the car. You didn't know that, <laughs> did you? Of course he drives the car. Drives the car. That's incredible. He dies. I thought he just got hit. Then, like he was being dumb and, in traffic or something. <laughs> no, he was driving. Oh, that's he was driving, driving a robot that's car. incredible. With his dog. So he's driving, he dies. So then the, um, the father, through his you know, complete obsession over the loss of his son for being a freaking idiot, he then decides to build this robot replica of him, which has no correlation with the uh, with his son aside from likeness. There's no like impl- he doesn't have any technology to like implant personality. So he's basically making this like this husk of who what his son looks like, and then like tries to like you know impose father son relationship stuff on him when it's not even like guaranteed to have the same personality or same memories or anything. It's just. It's just this thing that has rocket boots that looks like the kid that he had that he lost through idiocy. <laughs> and so I watched 80% of the first episode, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I think it's funny, but it's ridiculous. But that, that premise, when you break it down, is kind of crazy. Sort of like if you look at this Disney version of Pinocchio and then like actually go through all the stuff that happens, it's, cra- it's a crazy movie. For example. Besides, like, besides Astro Boy, have you ever seen any anime? Like, not necessarily well, Tezuka, but just anything? Um, well, I was into Dragon Ball Z well before it was the phenomenon where it was, like, like before they even, like, actually got to the Frieza saga. On oh, the, so you were uh, in before it was cool. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, you know, basically, it was where, never it basically cool. was, um, where it would, it just would loop the first season with uh, Vegeta and Nappa and all that stuff. Or that was the second season, I guess. First season was, was... Raditz. Raditz, yeah. Whatever. Regardless, um... That was uh, that was all like you know I I did that um, I watched a few episodes of Escaflone when they brought that in as a kid mm. um, I recently within the last year watched the first Appleseed movie I thought it was okay oh dude you got to see Ex Machina I, I, I haven't seen either right? yet it is so cool gotta I don't know what it is <laughs> about that movie I mean most of it's dumb because Appleseed is inherently stupid but mm-hmm. the action sequences in Ex Machina are so badass. Yeah, that I think that's the also available of the church, on Netflix. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, I I do enjoy the animated Japanese <laughs> the features. J- you enjoy Japanimation? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm down with that stuff. It's just that I don't, I don't make an effort. I haven't made an effort to you know go out of my way to like you know purchase stuff or watch anything. But, you know, I, I have a respect for their art and the work that goes into it. I mean, like, I liked the Japanese-Canadian crossover Cyber 6. I watched that a bunch on Teletoon before that was super big, even though it was only ever, like, when, like when it was new, like, when the season was new, when it, for the, the 12 episodes, I enjoyed that. But that's, like, a Mexican, that's some, like, sort of Spanish comic turned whatever. But anyway. <laughs> Is Gorilla Girl on Netflix? Uh, probably, I think I, so. I don't. If I don't is, have that in front of me because I, I have to because I'm Canadian. I have to run a proxy to actually right. access my Netflix. You should look up Girl and the Gone because that is perfect. There yeah, is, it is no a very better good show. show. But yeah, and so I also um I also picked up uh the Dragon Ball Z 
comic where the, that they did a, a release of before they merged with another sort of comic thing where they released the things in the original left uh, right to left reading format though translated into English. And so I had. Wait, what like, do you mean? Did you you get a graphic novel or like a comic book? Monthly release comic book of oh, Dragon Ball huh. Z. Um, wow, yeah, that was in black. That was in black and white, and was not mirrored. So it was reading right to left. I had I have wow. about forty or so issues of those. So you know, I I am not unfamiliar with the mangas or the animes. I don't you know I have I haven't picked up a comic book or bought a comic book in a while. So like it's not and when they moved to some sort of like you know Sojin type you know multi multi sort of like big big book type comic that yeah, had graphic like a, novel format yeah the, the, but the, that had like multiple different IPs being shown on the same issue kind of idea oh oh oh, oh shonen yeah. jump yeah shonen jump yeah that's what I just said um, <laughs> oh I totally but, missed it then <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I right, maybe you said it scary. differently and it didn't sound like shonen jump <laughs> yeah it's because I was sort of like uh. Yeah, so they were doing something to that effect, and then I basically stopped at that point. And but I had that that went to the end. Uh, that went past that that finished the uh, Frieza saga as well. But I had like all the issues or something like that, aside from the first nine or so. But mm. yeah, regardless, um, you know, I'm I I, don't, I am familiar with enough stuff. I I, I liked DBZ right. before it was super cool and super overdone, where everyone who was playing a fancy star online game on Dreamcast had and you know. SS, SSSJ Goku Gotenks bullcrap four thing, you know. <laughs> All right, so since we're talking about anime, I will start us off with uh, the anime that I've been watching. I've been kind of going back and forth between two Sunrise mecha shows. Sunrise is a studio, for those of you who don't know, they mostly, they're famous for making like 50 episode mecha shows, most notably Gundam. So I'm watching Zeta Gundam which is the direct sequel to the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, a couple episodes here and there of that. Of the original or Zeta? I I have no <laughs> way of being... Sp- like. Okay. Like, yeah. That's like asking me if I have like if I had watched an episode of Dragon Ball. I, I wouldn't be able to tell if I was watching a Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball GT. Like, you're, you're, I, I don't know to the specificity in terms of Gundam as to what series yeah. or section I was watching. I'm going to take a guess, considering the other stuff you mentioned, that it was Gundam Wing, because that was the one that was shown on TV first. Yeah, that, that's entirely if possible. if it was terrible, you were watching Gundam it, Seed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it was okay. Um, I did enjoy, uh, to totally derail this, I, I remember on uh, the Dreamcast, there was a Gundam side story mech fighting game that, that, was, that I played the demo of and thought was quite cool. Regardless, you may continue with your, your anime stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Zeta Gundam is... Uh, I, I loved the original Gundam. We talked about that uh, two episodes ago with Elliot on here, and the original Gundam's great, and it's it's got a very simple story of, like, there are these two armies, and they're fighting each other, and it's the story is pretty much based around just these refugees on a ship and the way they evolve and kind of become soldiers and lose their innocence through this war. Zeta Gundam is like, okay, so it's 15 years after it or something like that, and now, like, the good guys are the bad guys but they're not really because they're being controlled from the inside by a faction and then the the bad guys who are actually the good guys steal a robot and it's like it just goes so wacky and none of, none of the things the characters do make any sense so i was not really enjoying it i'm starting to to get into it but the plot is just too nonsensical compared to the original for me to really honestly enjoy it very much uh 
and the robot fights are kind of lame. Like you would you would think with because uh, this show came out in the eighties and the original Gundam came out in the seventies, you would think that the later one would have like better animated robot fights. But it turns out like the original showed two robots on the same screen a lot more often, which is kind of odd to, to think about it in that way. But in Zeta, it's like a robot shoots and then it cuts and you see a robot get shot, which is not exciting at all. And the other thing I am watching that is a Sunrise show, or I actually just finished it, is Code Geass. Uh, have I, well, I guess Knuckles, you wouldn't have seen it. Mitch, have you ever seen any of Code Geass? No. <laughs> I actually like it. I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. Uh, I but saw it's not like a... a couple images and anime insider once, and I was like, "Um, no, no, thank you." The thing is, it's not a robot show. It's a show with robots. Count in it. And... me out, because SK Flona <laughs> was also a show with robots in it, and that show was bad. Well, SK Flona did have a robot dragon. Yeah, it had a robot dragon like twice. It, uh, it also only... had like the main bad guy kid was also a girl. He was like. His sister. What? Like, he was his sister or some stupid shit. That's pretty messed up. (laughs) Man, Escafone was stupid. Carry on, please. To good things. (laughs) That will get us a lot of of flack from people. People love Escafone. Well, maybe there's the YTV. The YTV broadcast was crap. No, no, no. See, I watched it recently. I bought the DVD. Because a friend was like, oh, man, Escafone was really good. We should watch it. And I was like, all right, I'll watch Escafone. That was f***ing garbage. It was terrible. I kept I kept waiting for it to get good, and it never did. Alright, fair enough. But speaking of DVD releases, do you know that they re-released the uh, first, like, you know, a, a box set of some Dragon Ball Z stuff, and they re-dubbed it? So when Vegeta talks about Goku's power level, he says, it's over 9,000, and then crushes it. Well, yeah, they redubbed that a while ago, actually. The original, this is like a, a point of a lot of confusion among fans, uh... The original was dubbed by Ocean Studios, and that's where the original... Uh, that's where the internet meme came from. It's over 9,000! That's, the that's one. where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, so that's the original uh, The original one, which is done by Brian Drummond. Yeah, who I love actually, Brian Drummond. If you go He's back fantastic. To, if you go to Anna Gamer's podcast number two, there's an interview with him. Sexy! Uh, <laughs> and he, that's the original dub of that. Uh, and what happened was Funimation picked it up not long after that, actually, and uh, they redubbed the whole thing. And then the new box set that they just put out of Dragon Ball Z is the Second just has dub. that dub that's been around for like ten years or something, uh, and it's called the Dragon Box, and that's the remastered uh, Japanese version of the like the in Japan they released this Dragon Box, and it was like this remastered Dragon Ball Z with special features and things, and they just brought that over to America this past year. Yeah, so it's not a recent redubbing. It's uh but it is the, it's a recent they did, DVD they release. They did take though. away it's a recent release. That's, of that, an that's old what I was referring dub. to more so than yeah. the dubbing. Yeah, so back to Code Geass. It's actually surprisingly it's surprisingly good considering how bad it is at times. Uh which it's, is it's an, pretty an good odd even review. though it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Considering how bad it is, it's actually pretty good. Uh, like the original army of two. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Knuckles and I could talk about that game. We had fun in the multiplayer, though, true enough. Yeah, I, I guess. Carry on. Fist Go bump Geass. The, fist bump the game. That's what Army of Two is. Uh, so Code Geass is like, 
there's a dude and he's a former prince of this big empire and then he it's like he's been estranged kind of and he um ends up getting a special power that lets him control people and he starts this rebellion to uh yeah i can't pay attention with you guys chatting and then- <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about sir <laughs> i keep trying to speak and i'm looking down there looking down where you just, need to, you just huh? need to focus. Forward. Yeah, I know. What's ha- what? what kind of host are you? You want me to talk about this show that I don't even know a thing about? I'll go right now. I'm ready. I got, the I got it. I got it. Don't you worry about it. So this dude gets a power. His sister's blind and handicapped and stuff, which, yes, Mitchie, totally invites a whole bunch of, like, the Moe stuff. But it doesn't happen, luckily. Uh, and she, it's like he's trying to make this new world for her by fighting against his father, who's the emperor, and, and he wants to kind of destroy this this empire by using this power to control people's minds and stuff. Uh, he ends up getting a bunch of people helping him in robots and things, but the robot fights are super lame, and they're all, like, every single robot fight is somebody presses a button, and they shoot a giant beam of energy and kill everything else, and they call that a fight, uh, even though there's one in every episode which would make you think it's actually a mega show. Uh, but what's really good about it is it's got a lot of good twists all over the place, which might it's kind of a little bit tiring, I guess, for some people. But it's, uh, it, it's fun because you always, you always want to know what's going to happen next. And I, was, I pretty much blew through the episodes like crazy because it's just really, really addicting. It's just cliffhangers at every turn. And actually, the end of the first season is painful. Because it's like, you know the Sopranos ending? It's like that, but worse. Because mm. two guys point a gun at each other, and then there's a gunshot, and um, and the screen goes black. And that's the end of the first season. Wait, I'm having deja vu, because did I already ask you this? If uh, when you come back to season two, it's like six months later, and they're like buddies driving in the, down the highway to convert one. You're like, what the fuck? They just shot at each other or something in the end of last season. And now everything it's is something different. like that, yeah. God, I hate when series do that. Give me the moment, like the the moment it ended is the moment I want it to come back to. <laughs> well, it actually pulled that off well. Like some people didn't like that, but it's I mean, spoiler alert. Skip past a little bit, like a, a minute or two here, because I'll be talking about uh, R two, which is the second season of Gias, and you don't want to know all the twists that happened because it'll screw up your enjoyment of the show. Well, that sucks. I haven't uh, watched a single episode yet. Now I can't even watch the whole thing because you're ruining it for me, ass. But you could, you could, you could mute me if you want. <laughs> or just continue tuning <laughs> you out and chatting with Mitchie. Yeah. <laughs> continue pretending uh, to care that, that we care about Code Geass. Jeez. Well, maybe some of our listeners care. I'm way sure to, they do. Way to bring up the enthusiasm on this podcast. You know, I'll, I, I could just move on if we actually are not really going to talk a ton about it. It's uh, got a really good ending. I'll just, I will say that. Yeah, carry on. We're just, we just, you know, we haven't seen it, so we don't have anything to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to finish it up real quick then. So, uh, season two, some people didn't like it. Uh, I thought it had some really good twists, uh, and actually it, it deals with a lot of the moral stuff a lot better than the, uh, the first season did. It's got a lot of questions of, like, when is it wrong to do evil things in the pursuit of a a good goal? Uh, like, does the really... ends justify the means? Right, exactly. They actually talk about, like, means and ends uh, a couple times in the show, and it really, really digs into that, especially in the ending, which I will not spoil, but the ending 
is pretty fantastic and uh it's got a lot to say a lot more than i thought the show was going to say when it started but by the end it, it, there's really a lot going on and there's a, a lot worth discussing i might even uh, do an episode on here with a couple of people who have seen the whole thing to uh just kind of discuss the ending and the, the topics that the show covers that'd be a wise uh, choice of roundtable co-host for that particular episode unfortunately i have not seen it yet <laughs> that's it in terms of anime except to say that i've also watched something called nogizaka haruka no himitsu i don't think i mentioned <laughs> Boy, that, that on sounds this really podcast. good let's talk about that at length <laughs> <laughs> it is the secret of nogizaka haruka uh it's stupid as hell but i'm watching it so that i can uh pretty much so that i can figure out exactly what i hate about moe that and also i'm going to be making up my own fictional uh plot for it because my fictional plot is much better than the actual plot of the show and it is oh god it's so bad so bad i've only gotten like six episodes in uh mitchy or or uh knuckles whichever one of you wants to go you want to talk about games nope go for it wait what <laughs> come on guys no we don't bring this show down <laughs> let's um, do this no i can i can talk about stuff uh, did you recently reviewed uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2? Or... I did, yes. and that is out now. And if you have not purchased it already, please do so. It is incredible. Mitchie makes $10 off of every game that you buy. It's true. Uh, that's true, yes. Uh, so, anyway, that game is really good. Like, I will probably never put Modern Warfare 2 back in my console tray again. <laughs> I have no intention of doing that already anyway. But I, I, so did I, but this just kind of sealed the deal. It was nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. It's um, not out now. Well, it's out now as It is. It's out. The... Come on, man. You got to think in the future. This podcast is out already. Oh, yeah. In the future. <laughs> out now in store. Sorry, I'm used to recording live at the same time. Uh, broadcasting live. Yeah, we're not so doing we it live. Talk. Yeah, we, we broadcast live while we record a podcast, so we can sort of talk about the podcast as a now thing and then just talk about it being released later in the week oh no we're, we're just totally late that uh that comes from me being totally late about everything else you're so. just lazy kind of how we work yeah pretty much this episode is a fucking catastrophe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was, is this my fault <laughs> yeah it's you it's oh, all yes. you mitchy talk about battlefield kind of go okay why are you bringing us down so okay uh w- people are gonna freak out that I don't know, I kind of implied in my review, which is at GamePro.com, or in the next issue of GamePro, that it's better than Modern Warfare 2. Uh, and in some ways, I kind of really do believe that that's true. It doesn't necessarily, like, hit the same points it does in the, that Modern Warfare does in its campaign, which, you know, is crazy, and, it, I like, you straight up die a few times. Michael Bay interactive version. <laughs> right. Where, you know, <laughs> shit is, like, crazy scripted events are happening around you, and like, you're being killed from the first person and crazy stuff like that. Like, that kind of stuff just does not exist in Bad Company. Uh, because it is more of, like, is procedural the right word? Everything just kind of unfolds naturally without relying on scripted events as much. So what you get is, like, hmm. these different missions where you can approach them in different ways. Uh, you know, you could... One of the examples that sticks out uh, is there was this house... That a bunch of enemies were just, like, holed up in. And the first time I played the mission, I just stood in a, a building across the street and picked them off. But the second time, I just, like, I realized that there was, like, a back path. 
So I snuck around, found a giant fuel tank behind the house. If you blow up that fuel tank, the entire house just destroys itself. Like, the entire house crumbles in on itself and kills everybody inside. So, there's just, hmm. like, different ways you can approach things. I'm sure there, if you find a vehicle, you can, you know, maybe hop in a tank or something like that. Just run over the house, make it crumble. Right, again. exactly. <laughs> Plow through it with a truck or some shit, I don't know. Uh, but I was actually kind of surprised by how good the campaign was, because I really didn't care for Bad Company 1. Especially the campaign, which I thought was kind of cheesy and lame. Yeah, it was alright. I recently went through it again. By recently, I mean within the last year. Because I didn't actually complete because I spent most of my time on the multiplayer with the original Bad Company. But I, I, I had to play... Th- I, yeah, to get all the achievements in the campaign, you had to play it on hard and normal. And so like, I basically would do a mission and then do it again on normal. And so I had to do it twice. But it was okay. I had a good time. Yeah, actually... That whole procedural thing reminds me of uh, Far Cry 2. I know you don't really like that so much, Mitchie. But uh, Far Cry, I really liked that Far Cry 2 did that, where you like you get to a mission and you could do it like a nearly infinite number of ways. You could you know burn the building down. You could sneak in and kill everybody one by one. You could drive your car in there and then shoot them all with a mounted machine gun or something. So it's it's kind of like that, I guess, right? Yeah, right. Like, there's just like a, a ton of different options in every encounter that you could do, that you can take. Like, you can sneak into a base, or you can hop on a cannon turret on a boat and blow the entire area to smithereens. Nice. kind of stuff. How's the uh, frostbite engine in terms of destructibility? Is it improved upon from the? Yeah, previous? definitely. It's actually uh, the biggest improvement I've noticed. Uh, aside from you know, like there was, it used to just be like you'd shoot a hole in a wall and some crap would go flying, but now it's super detailed. Like there are way more pieces of a wall that go flying when you shoot a grenade into it or something, for example. Uh, but it's also, like, the particles are really thick. Like, the the layer of dust that comes out of a wall is insanely thick. Uh, in, like, more of a believable way than an annoying one. Because uh, you can't really see through this hole you've blown in a wall for a, quite a while. Which, you know, kind of adds a risk factor to the taking advantage of the game's physics. Normally, you know, if somebody's hiding behind a wall, you blow out the wall... And you try and you know flush them, them out, but yeah. but now they'll just start freaking out and just start firing through the through the dust. So at the same time, you're also trying to pick them off through the dust. Hmm. And it's just like a small thing like that that really I don't know it improves the the destructibility quite a bit. And like I said, entire buildings can topple now. I'm pretty sure that wasn't something that you could do in Bad Company One. No, you uh, could just basically you'd basically get down to the frame, but for the most part, if it was supposed to stay up, that building would stay up, and like you could lose like a wall here or a wall there or whatever, but it would still right. the and, husk would remain. Right, Bad Company Two lets you completely destroy buildings. Not necessarily every building; some of them will stand on their frame, but sometimes you will take out enough that you'll just start hearing a bunch of creaking above you, and it's kind of huh. like the oh shit sound, and you immediately just start smoking <laughs> out of the building. I've been crushed in multiplayer games like that. Single player, I took a bunch of enemies out just by crushing entire buildings. Uh, how does that work in comparison to Red Faction Guerrilla? Yeah, I was going to mention. Um, the destructibility isn't necessarily as specific as Guerrilla, because Guerrilla has like thousands of pieces in each building you can take out. Right. Where Battlefield's still kind of like they did in 43 and in the original Bad Company. When you shoot a wall, you kind of take out the exact same chunk every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay. But there are... There are definitely more chunks that you can take out of the walls, depending on, especially depending on what you use. Like, if you use a tank, you're going to take out a significantly bigger portion of a building than if you had shot a grenade or a rocket. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, is, is that used very strategically a lot, like in multiplayer games and stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and during the rush mode, which is... <laughs> I, I guess it was in the first Bad Company, I don't remember it. But apparently, it was. And I don't know why I didn't play it, because it is phenomenal. What, Gold Gold Rush? Yeah. Gold, okay, here's, here's the what deal. Is, here's what how, is that? I'm not sure, if, yeah. you might have been late to the game for Bad Company, but... Gold Rush was the only multiplayer game in Bad Company until they released Conquest as DLC uh, to let people play it on the Gold Rush maps. Now, there are some, there are two camps. People are like, Battlefield equals Conquest equals the end, and there's other people who are like, gold. these maps are built for Gold Rush, and it plays better as Gold Rush in the wood than it did as Conquest, because when you, get, you do Conquest, the maps are just too big to get from point A to point B to recapture a point. So, it kind of goes both ways. But um, Gold Rush was... The original thing for Bad Company. Like, that's what the beta was. That's what the uh, multiplayer was. And then they released Conquest la- uh, later. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so what's Gold Rush? Gold Rush uh, is basic. Oh, I guess I'll do. Shall I take this over, sir? Unless it's yeah, been you, changed. Yeah, you. Because you haven't played BC2 yet, have you? I played BC2 at PAX. Um, but I oh, okay, played, but not extensively. Okay. Well, yeah. okay. Uh, Gold Rush has actually just been simplified down to Rush. And I don't know if that has any kind of significant factor in anything beyond the name. So um, maybe I just explain Gold what Rush Gold was, Rush was. Yeah, Gold Rush was just basically sort of the tie-in sort of to the gold that you could find around in the Battlefield. Right, like it was just crates Bad Company. Full of gold. Yeah, it was just crates with gold. That was just basically sort of tying in with the original, or with the single-player campaign for the original Bad Company. So you just collected gold? Well, no, basically uh, one team what? is defending these boxes of gold, and their team is oh, going to okay. destroy them. And so basically as the as either... Either your either the defending team will be successful and they'll never you know blow up a gold like like you know take it down by shooting it uh, arming planting a you know C four or whatever and basically if they if the two uh, two crates get taken out that results in <clears throat> them sort of like falling back to another sort of like their next like defense point and so the attacking team is trying to take it to blow up all the gold whereas like uh, in sets of two whereas the defending team is trying to keep them from blowing up any and whoever. Wins, wins, once the meters go out, sort of like the uh, the ticker counters like they had right. in the original Bad Company, or Battlefield. Okay, so Rush has. in... So it's like a yeah. capture of the flag or something. Uh, I, it's more like Conquest. Similar. Okay. Uh, the way I put it in my review is that it's kind of a tweak on Conquest, because at the same time you're destroying things, and... Or, like, the same time you're destroying things, you're also capturing them, like, they, like you would in a Conquest control point match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, as you mm. take over... Uh, couples of control points, the that portion of the map closes off, and you yeah. move forward to a new portion of a map. And these maps are massive. By the time it's all said and done, like you've basically ran across five multiplayer maps. Yeah, and that's why when they released the Conquest, which had the whole map open up from the beginning, where all the gold things were, were now control points for Conquest, it was just too big for it to actually be any good. Oh, wow, really? Opposed, yeah, that's why, that's why people are like Gold Rush... Like these, when they say these maps are built for Gold Rush, because like you know, point A to point B is what you have at the beginning, and then if they destroy the goal to point B, then it goes from B to C, then C to D, then D to E, or whatever, right? And then like you can go from all the way from the beginning to end in the first Bad Company. It does it doesn't close it off, but your new spawn point is the one that you just the, the new crates that you just captured. I'm right. pretty sure that that's exactly what you said for how it works for uh, the sequel. Right, and what makes Rush, like, such a cool mode, and I actually kind of think that, you know how Conquest in the original Battlefield 1942 kind of became the standard in every other multiplayer game? Mm-hmm. I th- kind of get the impression that Rush is going to be the same, that other games are going to start latching onto it and stealing it for their own use. 
sort of Which like how there's me. been it's, like it's the whole great. cooperative horde fighting stuff too. That's right, that's kind of like the big new thing is, you know, fighting waves of dudes with buddies. Um, but actually, what I think I, what I like about Rush the most is just like, and I mentioned this in my review. I'm gonna keep going back to that as long as we're talking about this. Is that it? Just there are different layers of stress depending on what kind of role you're playing in a Rush game. Like if you're defending, you've got this really passive-aggressive strategy of holding down your base, because you're just waiting for the attackers. Mm-hmm. So you can mount up on turrets, take sniper perches. Let the kills come to you, more or less. Let the kills come to you, exactly. But the contrary to that is, as soon as you lose your control points, that passive-aggressive like calm turns to complete panic, and you have to fall back to your mm. new points and set up an entirely new, different defense strategy in a new area. And I love that. Uh, and that you constantly have the, you know, the opportunity to advance forward as the attackers is really motivating as you're playing. So, you know, there's always that sense that, okay, we can do this, we can do this. Because there's rarely an opportunity that you can, you know, you can miss. Because mm-hmm. no matter where the enemy is holding up, you can still out-attack them, if that makes any sense. Your your offensive power is overpowering to them, and they're sort of they're sort of on their heels the whole time. And unless they have like some serious defense like mechanisms in place, you're sort of putting on the major pressure because the I'd, I mean it would be kind of boring, and, and, and it has been in the, in previous matches I played in the original game. If you if they don't capture a point, yeah, you're successful, and then you basically just kill you basically essentially spawn camped them because they're at their original spawn for like the. Right. Uh, for the like, you know, for the twenty-minute match it takes to dwindle down all their all the lives that the team has stockpiled, um, but like if there isn't any like change in the scenery, it just gets old. So like th- they obviously tailor it so that the attacking team is uh, doing good. So then, ba- or like you know, has a better chance. Sort of like in Left for Dead, how the survivor, well, Left, the survivors, uh, I guess, or so in some areas are tailored so that the survivors are bound to get through, whereas other ones are like more tailored so that the um, that the infect, special infected will be able to, you know, overtake them, right? Right, and the pace of a rush of a rush game is much faster than conquest because you don't have two teams like, you know, clashing horns, trying to regain control over the most points. It's, you know, an attack and defend kind of game that stretches out across a massive map. So you you're constantly rethinking your strategy, and it just keeps it really interesting. And you know, I said the matches are uh, like easily digestible in my review, which. I think kind of fits because they're not particularly long, like you had mentioned. So you can act, you can keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to be absolutely hooked on this game when it comes out because I didn't get a whole ton of time to play the game multiplayer. I played like four or five hours plus the demo. Uh, but now that it's out, I'm going to be playing it like mad. I'm excited. So Knuckles, what are you playing? Um, well, recently, I'm not sure, well, speaking of EA games, uh, they have a tendency <laughs> to shut down servers for stuff. And, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so right now, I've been, uh, I was, uh, recently I was, uh, banging out the, uh, multiplayer achievements in Lord of the Rings Conquest, because those, the servers for that are actually going down on March 16th, and so... I basically mean a buddy were going on and taking care of that in the on their servers while we still could. And so I did that recently. I mean I got this game from EA like it's, it hasn't even been out for a year, but I got it like, you know, when it was relatively new, which is some of my other buddies didn't bother picking it up because, you know, we played the PS three demo and then it just sort of didn't didn't have the same sort of uh 
didn't have, didn't have the same following that we were hoping for upon release. So I just basically had this sort of unopened copy just sitting waiting for me to play. It. And I was like, well, hey, they're going to shut down the servers. I might as well grab the achievements now. Been doing that. Um, also been playing uh, a little bit of Bioshock 2 multiplayer, uh, some arcade stuff. Like, How is that? <laughs> oh, uh, that is that is kind of it's kind of cool. Um, the way it works is that uh, it's it takes place a year before the a year before the first Bioshock, so it's during the Civil War between the Splicers, and so mm-hmm. there's a bunch of uh, different types of uh, game types. There's like you know your standard free for all death match, team death match. There's a uh, capture the sister where you know, one team what? has a one Wait. team. What? Hang on, hang on. Before you go on, please tell me that they are not taking the most crucial emotional aspect of this entire series and turning turning her into a fucking flag. <laughs> it yes, and they also oh, turned her into on. an oddball with Adam. God, Rab. you've got to be kidding me. Also, also, that just sounds like an excuse for a pedophile. Hey, I'm down. I was playing capture the sister. <laughs> That's terrible. Continue. Please no. Continue. But anyway, so yeah, you have uh, so like one team is defending the little sister as she's grabbing Adam off of some dead person, and the, and that team also has a big daddy, and then the other team is just splicer to try to capture her and put her and take her not not try to take her to like a place, just take her to a vent and put her into the into a uh, event at a specific like spot on the map or whatever, like the vents that they usually crawl through, and then mm-hmm. there's um. Adam grab, which is hold on to the little sister for as long as you can to accrue points, which is basically like oddball, and they have a team variation of that, and uh, and then there's a, a, a elimination deathmatch type thing where you know you've got one life per round for team deathmatch. Right. Um, but the the cool thing about the game is that it's got this leveling system similar to you know other first person shooters where you know you level up and you unlock stuff. Well, here you can unlock different tonics different weapons and different uh, plasmids so you start off with you know electric electro bolt but then you'll later unlock stuff like hip uh like uh the bees or you know you you'll get the uh the sort of houdini type teleportation and other cool things or like you know arrow dash or you know lots of other cool stuff like the standard elements like freezing and whatever and you'll get weapons like the rocket launcher crossbow an elephant gun um, and then you can unlock what? attachments for them too. It's really cool, and they have these sort of like what is an elephant gun? Yeah, for all the just, elephants that are in Rapture. It's it, it's a two barrel you know rifle that like is very high power. I know what an oh. elephant yeah. gun is. Yeah, and then you can do stuff like hacking turrets around the place or hack uh, vending machines so that you know if anyone goes near them they'll just drop a grenade and kill them. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool, and yeah. it also has a bunch of sort of also like Modern Warfare. It also has trials like you know. Like they're like you know you do complete X amount of kills with a weapon you get you get a bonus in XP, which is referred to as Adam in the context of the multiplayer, or um, do cool things like uh, get two headshots in a row without missing with a pistol. Um, there's also ones that combine right. things with plasmids, like you know, like you know do the one like one two punch classic is like doing the uh, electro bolt on someone and then meleeing them until they die. Like, there's, there's things like that. There's a lot of different trials that you unlock as you gain new levels and gain new powers. There's trials for the specific stuff you unlock, and it helps you level up to, I think there are 40 levels right now. They'll have more with DLC, and so it's 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 fun. I mean, it's a little laggy, but it's fun, and you can also, you know, organize. Uh, we uh, my The site I work for, uh, chewhunter.com, we had some playdates where we would uh, 
groups of us would just get into servers and just sort of like you know we'd help each other out with atom grab and like i'll share the cistern like you know get trials done so we can get our stuff unlocked so when we go into multiplayer we're not totally noobed out or whatever it was good times yeah just to go back a little bit you mentioned uh hacking turrets yeah uh i haven't i haven't played bioshock 2 yet so is the hacking like mini game the same as in the first game? The hacking mini game in the single player is different than the first first game. The hacking mini game is sort of like yeah. a, um, you know, you know. Have you played like Rock Band Two? Uh, yes. Hey, have you done a calibration with Rock Band Two where you have the needle going from side yeah, to side yeah. you're supposed to strum it? There's something like that where a needle is going from side to side, and then there's specific colored spots where you have to hit A. Uh, when hacking in multiplayer, though, it's just holding on the A button just to hack something. But okay. there's a because I was I was thinking doing a mini game in multiplayer and just getting headshot while you were doing it would kind of be lame. Yeah, um, and that being said, in in the Bioshock Two single player, when you're hacking, the action around you still continues, and like you can you can just you can move like you can start a hack and then move away, or you can do a long distance hack with a hack a hacking gun tool, and you just sort of can <laughs> you just hit the A button in time as the little sort of thing pops up. So. Right, but yeah, um, yeah, the multiplayer is fun. I've been doing that. Um, I recently just started playing Beautiful Katamari again, just because I wanted to get back into the whole Japanese sort of goofiness. Katamari had, had is a... like the best series in the world. I don't care how repetitive those games are; they're so great. I had a craving. I just saw it on. I saw that it was on Games Demand, and just figured on. I mean, I owned a copy, so I was like, I'll play it again. So I just started, you know, started a new campaign and was doing that, and like, you know rolling over shit it was good times all right uh actually speaking of old stuff not exactly something i'm playing but something i'm planning to play uh is i have i brought my super nintendo back up uh back up to college recently and i'm planning on going back and playing through the super star wars and empire strikes back that game game is so good also those are so good impossible huh they're so hard though (laughs) but i love super star wars dude it's like my favorite SNES yeah. game, not called Act Razor. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually um, at Genericon, which is the the convention here at uh, my school, anime sci-fi convention, um, and somebody was selling Super Nintendo games, and they were selling Super uh, Return of the Jedi, which is the one that I'm missing. But it was like twenty bucks, and I was like, I don't really have the money to buy this, but I was so tempted. Do you not um, own a Wii? Yeah, there's a thing. There's this thing called Virtual Console on a Wii. Oh, do they have it on Virtual Console? Yeah, I do have a Wii. A it's not up with me right now. Yeah, eight but, bucks uh, a piece for all three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I I just buy uh, Return of the Jedi because I already have the other two, but that is nice. I will probably do that. Moving on. Carry on with yeah. Star Wars. Oh, I haven't. I haven't uh, actually gone back and played. Something you planning just, on oh, doing? Oh, really? Oh, I thought you meant. I was just started. remembering old games that I'm planning on playing, and I have my Super Nintendo in my closet somewhere. Oh man, if you want to talk about games we want to be playing, holy shit! <laughs> we'll be uh, here all day. Longest yeah, podcast ever. Just I don't have many games to talk about. I gotta contribute something. Huh? Anyway, what do you? What else we got from you two? Uh, did any of you? By any of you? Did either of you play Heavy Rain? Uh, no, uh, I no, didn't. I, I, I plan on renting it shortly. I just need to get through uh, what I'm currently renting. I mean, I'm back with Borderlands um, for the new DLC. And so I actually I actually had to recreate a character because my uh, level 50 soldier corrupted. And so... Oh, sadness. I, I know. It corrupted it corrupted a while ago uh, when I was doing the uh, Mad Moxie and uh, Dr. Ned. 
DLC at the same time. And so I just had to been like rolling with like a level 26 hunter in the meantime. But I managed to power level a a soldier from like, you know, from fresh to level 50 in five hours and 45 minutes. Power level, you say? Yeah. How high was that power level? It was over 9,000. I did it better, but whatever. <laughs> That's false. I have the original version. Yes. Can't do it better. You're really, really baiting that power level thing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he was trying yes. so hard. What nine thousand? <laughs> in any case, so I got I got my level fifty going that, and I just need to uh, go through. I'm just now just like running through the first playthrough with my level fifty character against these like level twenty enemies, and just uh, getting that cleared up so I have the second playthrough available for when I start hosting and doing the uh, DLC, the Armory of General Knox. I'm so far behind on my Borderlands DLC. I started uh, Ned, and I started Moxie, but I finished neither. <laughs> Poor guy. Ned's, <laughs> Ned's good times. Moxie's a little rough if you... Yeah, Next Moxie thing. was okay. Like, we did the 100 round thing. Or the, yeah. Which took, like, four hours. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I did, I did, that, I did that on split screen. Ugh. And that, I had to do that with my level 26 or whatever hunter with a, with a, with a level... And with my girlfriend on a level 50 siren. So now I have a level 50 soldier to move in with her. And I, it's like nice and support heavy. So it will keep us alive and like help help us get through the extremely difficult, as I hear, uh, DLC for General Knox stuff. Okay. But you were talking Anything about else? Heavy Rain, which I haven't played oh, yeah. yet. I'm going to be rain. renting it shortly. How do we get to Borderlands from Heavy Rain? <laughs> oh, I think it was just uh, other stuff we've been playing. Uh, I won't talk too much about Heavy Rain, since you fools haven't played it. Evan, who does not own a PlayStation, probably never will. Uh, I do not own a PlayStation 3. Yeah. <laughs> Which, apparently, if you do, sucks to be you, because that thing is f***ed right now. As we are recording, we are in the height of the PlayStation 3s being completely broken. Do you, just is so, there, could, can just we, so y'all know the context. I mean, I've just I've just sort of seen people bitching on Twitter and like calling it a breakfast and apocalypse, which has been cleverly the last three letters, the PSE and apocalypse has been a capital PS3. Um, what's can is there any? Can you give me any like official word about so what's going on? Uh, all right. So the gist yeah. of what's going on, and I pray to God that by the time you're listening to this, this is over. Uh, apparently, PlayStation 3s had a weird issue with a, the internal clock having to do with it being February 28th yesterday. It was the Y10K it, bug, you know. Right, well, it was also <laughs> the fourth year in the PlayStation cycle, so I think it got confused about leap years. It's not a leap year, but it's the fourth year in its life oh. cycle. So it wigged out and completely corrupts anybody's profile <laughs> if you try oh, to boy. load games. Like, people are losing huge chunks of data, like their trophy data, uh, maybe some save data profile information, stuff like that. Like, it's pretty crazy, and it sucks. I am so happy I don't use mine. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know I was joking earlier, like, oh man, I'd love to play my PlayStation to play all these great games. <laughs> I'm looking at this stack of 360 games I need to get to right now. I'm not going to play my PlayStation. Um, but anyway, uh, so if you have the, a PlayStation right now, I hope you don't try to load anything up, because your PlayStation will die. Or something. <laughs> Actually, since this is going to come out later... Uh, we're sorry that you turned your PlayStation on. And, and that it died and you didn't hear it. But we couldn't have warned you. Yeah, oh man, I can't wait to see the lawsuits that come out of this. Because you know yeah. there will be. Yeah, it sounds like even worse than Red Ring of Death. 
Oh, yeah, I saw a, a tweet earlier today. Like, PlayStation fanboys can no longer give 360 owners shit about <laughs> the rendering. <laughs> anyway, I'm that not going to talk a whole lot about true. Heavy Rain. Um, just because it is so story-intensive and specific, and mm. despite being kind of a bad game and kind of <laughs> a terrible story, I loved Heavy Rain. That sounds kind of like my Code Geass review there. Right, like the way I explained it to you, Justin from Joystick, he, because we got talking about it, and he said, "Well, like if you don't like this and you don't like this, why do you like it so much?" Because um, <laughs> we were just ranting about everything that's wrong with that game. Like uh, the story is ridiculous. Like uh, you'll see when you play it, uh, it's just nonsense. Uh, but the way I described it is, it, that game is kind of like eggnog insofar as it is made of itsy bitsy pieces of shit. Like, just terrible things that I don't like. But the end result, pretty delicious. delicious. Oh, yeah. But that being said, also you can't have too much of it you? else. You'll get sick of it. So you have to sort of have it in bite-sized yeah, exactly. chunks. Hmm. Or glasses, That's a lie, as the case man. may be. I hate that uh, eggnog is not available at all times. Dude. I, yeah, I, eggnog I've had eggnog so with cereal, and it's delicious. I've had eggnog in one of my, oh, my fruit smoothies. Eggnog and coffee is good. Eggnog in... Um, Fruit smoothies, not a good milk replacement whatsoever. Just so you know, that 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 so was that this, was a mistake. <laughs> so this this marks our inclusion in the food and beverages category of iTunes. <laughs> Fantastic. Put it as a, as a tertiary subject matter. <laughs> so, um, what what eggnog have you guys been drinking? Um, I like classic. Light tastes gross if you don't mix it properly. <laughs> That's true. It is really thin and like almost milky, and that flavor just does not blend with milkiness. Mm-mm. Do we have any other games to talk about? Um, I think we're we're running low on time. I don't want to go too we, long and then have this episode be massive. No, I'm looking at stuff, trying to see, figure out what I can talk about, and I have nothing else. All right, cool. I I can say that I finished Mass Effect One. I know we talked about that last time. Um, and I. I'm gonna buy Mass Effect Two soon. So I haven't been able good, to man. get out and use my my GameStop gift cards that I really want to use up. Uh, so soon I will be playing Mass Effect Two, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, um, it's it's spectacular. It's it's easily one of my favorite games ever. So mm-hmm. effing good. Yeah, we we might. I mean, I will probably try to write a review of it. Um, if I rarely write game reviews anymore, though I'm trying to get back into it. Um, and maybe we'll do something on the podcast about it because I know you and uh, and Elliot are crazy about that game. Yeah, and we we'll we'll do we should talk about episode that game, about it like a lot. Yeah. All right. That's that's it. Um, we're done. We are so sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> we. Well, I apologize. <laughs> I feel like I just totally made this show the worst. This like, is, I've been recording for be 50, I've been recording for fifty-eight minutes. I'm pretty sure forty-five of that was just derailed nonsense yeah it didn't uh, sound like you had much structure the internet is frowning at us already i can feel it yeah uh so knuckles you have anything to promote (laughs) about yourself um well i can be found at achievementhunter.com where we have daily video guides for you know xbox ps3 and whatnot like we're doing heavy rain videos as well right now um (laughs) no you're not (laughs) not right now but we uh there there are heavy rain videos that have been put up over the last week. Um You want you wanna give me that URL again? Achievementhunter.com. 
Achievementhunter.com. Yeah, it's there part of Rooster Teeth. You know, the guys who did Red versus Blue. That's we're part of mm. that network. And uh, also relaunching our podcast, Virtual Hunter, the Gamers or Gamers Report. First episode should be up shortly. I need to edit it still. Just recorded it last night. So why are you rebooting that podcast, Knuckles? Uh, changing our uh, host lineup and format. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. There's a story behind that. No. No. Not no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I believe that if you have nothing nice to say, it is better to say nothing at all. Sometimes, and so uh, there. The story behind that is not important. What's important is that we're bringing a better podcast. And that is an off-air story. Yeah. Something that's more, <laughs> uh, more tailored for the 200 community. So, you know, good times there. Mitchie, you, got, you have anything going on where we like, reviews you're writing other than the Battlefield? Uh, you know, the same want. old places. Click my review on thegamepro.com or buy the magazine. Both are awesome. And uh, will you be writing a review for Tezuka Month? I wasn't 100% oh, sure on that. On the spot. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm supposed to be doing Phoenix. I should probably watch that. <laughs> I've seen, like, yeah, the first um, DVD. Yeah, that was f***ing confusing as hell. Cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's the review. Confusing as hell. Awesome. Cool, though. I'll just post that just in quotes. That's, right. the, that's, that's too long to the read version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also on Twitter as Mitchie D. And... Oh yeah. By the way, I'm on Twitter as Vamptvo. V a m p t v o. And you are Knuckles Dawson on Twitter. And for any gamers, if you want to find like general stuff about our uh, podcast and site, it, it is at twitter.com/slash gamers No, no uh, hyphen in there. And that that's it. Thank. We're done. Oh, God, that was so awkward. Anyway, we're done. Thank you for listening. Um, and if you like the show and you want to hear more, you can uh, visit us at podcast.anygamers.com to find comments for each episode, show notes, and stuff like that. If you want to get in contact with us, send us an email at podcast.anygamers.com or leave us a comment. That's where you can send uh, the hate can... mail for what a mess this right. podcast was. Yeah, Do you, I need you... to apologize? <laughs> like, really, are we okay? No. I don't know if it's it's not exactly that I'm it's your joking. fault. I'm joking. We had fun, and that's all I care about. I don't care if people hate this. It was this. fun. Okay, the podcast time. is a little a little bit silly compared to other ones, but it's all good. Normally, we are very structured and proper, and like Knuckles comes on, and you know, they all go to shit. Us off course. Yeah, we talk about Dragon Ball Z for twenty minutes, uh, <laughs> which was good. No worries. Um, if you want to give us a one star review, like that one jerk. On iTunes, you can go on iTunes and review us. Someone because, gave by us the a way, one star have, review. Why? What was we have four review? five star reviews and one one star review. Wait, I want to read like, this. What review is that guy thinking? Hang on. No, no, it's it's not a review. It's it's just a. It there should be a review because I want to oh, know no text? who this guy is so I can kill him. It's just a score. Ah, oh, well, to the guy who gave us that one star. No. You. Yeah, really. Come on, dude. Everybody else is giving us Man, five he's stars. Fucking Jeremy. <laughs> I will bet it was Jeremy. All right. Um. So, yeah, you can give us a review. There's only one review with text up there right now. Um, and also, by the way, our iTunes page says that we, uh, the number one podcast that, like, shares its listeners with us, like, you know, where we have the same yeah. pool of listeners, is the Animentors. So I'm totally thinking we should start an internet turf war with those guys. 
Or maybe, or maybe an elite. Oh, alliance I think we should too, because own... they have a stupid logo that's like the Metallica text. I <laughs> <laughs> uh... I barely listen to their podcast. I'm sure they're good, but we just have to hate them on principle. I'm really. sure they're lovely people, but your logo bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Now that we've started this internet turf war, time it's to go on. Home. The, the gauntlet has been thrown. I vamped. Indeed. Thank you for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> God, this show sucks. <laughs> this is the worst episode. <laughs> sucks or is spectacular? Indeed. That's like the least enthusiastic I have ever been in my life. <laughs> Bye.